Right, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to 1 Timothy chapter number 4, 1 Timothy chapter 4, and I'm going to preach a little bit different this morning, and, and uh, I've got, uh, I have been preaching on the family, and I hope and pray that that's been a blessing, and I, I really, before I had started, or I guess while I was preaching on the family, the Lord really laid on my heart uh, to preach on why we're Baptist. And, uh, and so for the next several weeks, uh, Lord willing, uh, I want to be preaching on Baptist distinctives and what makes, uh, what it is that makes a Baptist different. And I want to encourage you not to miss, uh, this is important for every person in our church. This is not just for preachers. This is not just for uh, teachers in our Sunday school and, and classes. This is for every person. Uh, that we need to know what we believe and why we believe it. Uh, that's important. And, uh, and so uh, there, there is, I, I don't know if you are aware, I'm, I'm very much so aware uh, that there is a movement today to push all Christians together and, and just call them all Christian. And, uh, and, and they are constantly bombarding us with just get together and just pray and, and can't we all love one another? And, and by the way, we ought to love one another, but we can't agree necessarily with everyone. And that's, that's those disagreeances that would, would separate us in faith and practice. This morning, do you realize that there are, there are I don't even know how many, there are probably 10, 15 churches meeting this morning in Maslin, Ohio. And, and why, why is it that we all have separate buildings? Why, why is it we're not all meeting under one roof? Well, I'll tell you why. Because we disagree on fundamentals of the Scripture. And that's why there's all these differences. And so I want to encourage you, uh, and perhaps this might be more of a teaching, I don't know, uh, but I, I hope and pray that it helps you. And uh, we're going to talk about doctrine this morning uh, and, and really look at that in the Scripture. Doctrine is defined as teaching and instruction, uh, or it's also defined as that which is taught what is held put forth as true and supported by a teacher, a school, or a sect, a principle, or position. And, uh, and so that's what we're going to talk about. First Timothy chapter number 4 and verse number 6, the Bible has a lot to say about doctrine. It says in verse number 6, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained, but refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. And let's stop right there. And let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for the privilege that we have to be here this morning. God, I pray that you would use me this morning. God, I pray that you would help us to understand uh, the importance of doctrine, the importance of why you put such an emphasis of it on in your word. And God, I pray that you would uh, use me. I pray that you'd speak through me. And God, maybe there's one here that does not know you. And Father, I pray that the uh, that you would touch their heart show them their need for salvation and God will be careful to give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done in Jesus precious name I pray amen 
as we look at our text here, in the book of 1 Timothy, the Apostle Paul is writing young Timothy. Timothy was uh, Paul's son in the faith, is what he refers to him as. And he was a, a somebody that, that took over another church and uh, and. Paul was was helping him and counseling him, and the apostle or the uh, the epistle of First Timothy and Second Timothy are full of instructions that that Paul is giving to Timothy uh, in we call them pastoral epistles in how to pastor and some of the things that he does. And so as we look here in verse number one or verse number six rather, where we picked up our text, he said, "If thou." Put the brethren in remembrance of these things. Thou shalt be a good minister. So he's telling Timothy, hey, your job as a minister, as a preacher, as a pastor, is to put the people in remembrance of these things. And he goes on and he says, uh, he says, he says, a good, uh, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. And he says this about Timothy, nourished up, in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. And so he's telling Timothy, he's saying that, uh, uh, that listen, Timothy, you have attained, you've arrived to this place uh, by good words and faithful words and by doctrine. The Apostle Paul took a lot of time to instruct Timothy in the doctrines that he believed. And, uh, and listen, he's telling Timothy, saying, listen, you need to remind the people. You need to instruct the people in these things. And, uh, and so we, we find in the Word of God that there's a requirement to instruct in doctrine. And we have a responsibility to give instruction in doctrine. Paul tells Timothy that. Uh, and listen, uh, I want us to understand, he says here in, in verse number 6, uh, he says that thou were nourished up in faith and good doctrine. That tells me two things. Number one, it tells me there's good doctrine, but it also tells me there's bad doctrine. And all throughout Scripture, we find the ideas that, hey, there is bad doctrine. Matter of fact, there's terrible doctrine. Jesus warned of the doctrine of the Sadducees and Pharisees. Uh, he said in Matthew 16 and verse number 12, uh, then understood they, talking about the disciples, how that he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Jesus warned his disciples, saying, hey, listen, their, their, their doctrine is not right. Hey, listen, there's a lot of doctrines that are out there. And again, doctrine is just instruction. It's just teaching of the Word of God. It's positions that we hold by the Word of God. I can switch to this. Oh, hallelujah. I got hands free. Uh, boy, that's a blessing. And, uh, and, and he, says, he says, hey, listen, we need to, uh, we need to instruct in those things. That's important. And, uh, and so there's all kinds of bad doctrine. Save your spot here in Timothy as we'll be back. We'll kind of uh, look at a few verses, but go with me to Ephesians chapter number 4. Ephesians chapter number 4 and verse number 14. And again, the Apostle Paul is giving a warning about some things, and in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 14, we won't get into the whole, uh, the whole text of it, but, but understand that he says this in verse number 14. He says in Ephesians 4, 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro 
and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slay of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceit. And he's admonishing us, saying, hey, be careful that every wind of doctrine doesn't draw you away and carry you to a different direction uh, as the sleigh of men. And, uh, and he's giving the warning. What does that mean? It means, hey, there are a lot of doctrines out there. There's a lot of teaching that would draw you away, not just away from the church, but away from the Word of God and away from the teaching of the Word of God. And he's giving a warning that, hey, we have got to be careful because there is terrible doctrine out there. Uh, there's deceitful doctrine. He says there in verse number 14 uh, that, that by the slay of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. In other words, there's people out there that are slick talkers. And, and I'm telling you what, they make it sound good. And you've run into them, I've run into them. Uh, you know, sometimes they're salesmen, sometimes they're, uh, they're, they're, they're religious people, and sometimes they're politicians, and sometimes they're other things. But they're good talkers. And boy, uh, you listen to them, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And before you know it, yeah, yeah. And, and you've walked away with something uh, that maybe doesn't line up with the Word of God. And so we've got to be very careful because doctrine is so important that we ought to be instructed in it. Not just deceitful doctrine, but listen, the Bible says, go back to us to 1 Timothy chapter 4, and we find that there's deceitful doctrine, but there's also doctrine of devils. Uh, look with me in, in verse number 1 of 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4 uses the word doctrine four times, and, uh, and it's quite significant throughout the chapter. And he says in verse number 1, now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. He goes on and defines a little bit more about that. But I want us to take away from this and understand and realize that there are doctrines of devils. That devils there is the same word that is used throughout the New Testament when Jesus cast the devils out of some guy that was possessed of devils. In other words, hey, it is ungodly. It is wicked. You know, you think about this, the devil has failed in destroying the church. God said, hey, I, that my church shall not fail. And the devil has failed in destroying the church in persecution. Oh, he's tried. He thought, man, I'm going to persecute them, I'm going to kill them all, and that will destroy the church. Guess what? It didn't work. So you know what he went to next after that? After he couldn't destroy the church through persecution, he decided, hey, I'm going to infiltrate the church with all kinds of crazy doctrine and all kinds of crazy ideas that sound really good so that people follow after that stuff. And listen, you look around today, I tell you what, there are a lot of crazy doctrines that fall under the terms of Christendom. I think probably, uh, for, for at least for the past uh, 100 years, uh, I think that is, that is 
um, something that's relatively new. I mean, you look back before, and listen, there was, there was generally one true line, and, uh, and there wasn't all these branches off, and then they started branching off, and, and really you can see where the deceitful doctrine of devils comes into play, and the market of religion has been flooded with all these false ideas. And so there's terrible doctrine. But then there is true doctrine. And that is the doctrine that the Apostle Paul tells Timothy, hey, you've been nourished up by faithful words and by good doctrine. In other words, you have learned the things that God wants you to understand. Go with me to 2 Timothy, just over a few pages, and verse number, chapter number 3 and verse number 16. Go back to verse number 15. And we find this, he's talking again to Timothy, and he says this, that... And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Let me just stop right there and say this, that Paul was saying, hey, listen, Timothy, you've been instructed from your youth all the way up that there is only one way of salvation, and that is through Jesus Christ. There's no other way. You see that theme all throughout scripture. It reoccurs and reoccurs. And he says, uh, and, he, and he hammers that in verse number 15. Then he goes on in verse number 16. He says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for what? For doctrine. He's saying, hey, listen, the word of God is profitable for doctrine. He goes on, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Hey, listen, the true doctrine needs to come from a true, the word of God. Hey, we, we use the King James Bible around here. That's what we stand on. And, and I've got good reason. I'd go back, I'll give you lots of reason why we use the King James Bible. But I'm just telling you that we need to stand on the doctrine of the Word of God. The, the doctrine must come from the Word of God. Hey, hey listen, so many times people will, they'll, it, it sounds like the Word of God, they'll give you one verse and then they'll spin off a whole story out of one verse. Hey, why don't we take the context of the Word of God? And find out, what is God trying to tell us? Not what is this fella trying to show us, but what is God actually saying from His Word? Because the Word of God, all Scripture, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. And he listen, he said uh, that in, in Titus, go with me to Titus 1.9, just over one page more than likely, Titus 1.9, he says, holding fast the faithful words as he hath been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. And he's saying, listen, uh, you need to instruct by sound doctrine. It has to be given to others. Go back with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2 really quick. And look with me in verse number 2. 
And again, Paul is telling Timothy, so we need to instruct in doctrine. And this is where it, brought, it draws all of us. It says there in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and verse, well, let's start with verse number 1. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He goes on and he charges Timothy there, but he's telling them in verse number two, he's saying, hey, listen, Timothy, I want you to instruct other people, and this is where it involves you, so that you can instruct other people. Hey, listen, you are, are, are uh, I've mentioned it a few times, I've mentioned, I, I was thinking a couple weeks ago, I guess it was, that whether or not you realize it, you lead other people. There are people that look up to you. There are people that are around you. Maybe they're your neighbors. Maybe you don't even realize the influence that you have in the place of employment, in the, in the neighborhood that you live, in your family, uh, that, that people will look up to you. And listen, we are all leading somebody else, and we all have a responsibility to know the doctrine. Why? Because Paul says here to Timothy, he says, And the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Hey, we've got to pass it on. The, the generations uh, and time and, and life does not stand still. It continues moving forward. And listen, 30, 40 years, uh, I, I won't be here at the pulpit probably preaching. I mean, I'd be some 80 years old. I mean, I, hope, I don't know, maybe I'll still be around if the Lord doesn't come. I'm saying we've got to have new people come in and replace us. And, and, and they have to continue faithful in the same doctrines that we believe and that we teach. And that's how it's going to happen because we would teach others. And we continue to instruct. You'll notice in one of those verses uh, going back that Paul said, From a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Listen, these young people that we have in our church, these Sunday school classes, the, the Wednesday night programs, hey, they're important because we've got to teach these kids the Word of God from a young age all the way up. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. And we have a responsibility to teach the Word of God. And so we need to instruct them in doctrine. I want you to notice back in our text in 1 Timothy chapter 4, uh, he, he talks about the fact that he was nourished up and he has attained unto good doctrine and it needs instructed so that other people can arrive to that point. But look with me in verse number, well, let's continue reading in verse number 8. We'll continue. We stopped reading in verse number 7. Uh, the Bible says, For bodily exercise profiteth little. And everyone said... Everyone loves that verse. I don't know why. But godliness is profitable unto all things. I wish we'd quote that second part as much as we quote that first part. 
But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially those that believe. These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity, till I come, give attendance to reading and to uh, to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. And we find in verse number 13, not only in verse number 6 are we, uh, are we to instruct them in doctrine as uh, Timothy was nourished up in that doctrine. We have a responsibility to continue teaching others. But we find there in verse number 13, he's telling him, he says, uh, Till I come, give attendance. What does that word attendance mean? It means attention, regard, or careful application. If I were to give you something and entrust you something, and I'd tell you uh, this kind of old English, but if I were to tell you, hey, you give attendance to that. What I'm telling you is you pay specific attention to that thing and you make sure that it's well taken care of. And Paul is telling Timothy in verse number 13, he says, till I come, give attendance to reading. What was he reading? Hey, the Word of God. Boy, we ought to read. You ought to read the Word of God. Not only that, but the exhortation. What is exhortation? Simply stated, it is the preaching of the Word of God. There's a little bit more to it, but that's the good idea of it. And then to doctrine. What is doctrine? We've already defined it. It is the principles, the teaching of the Word of God. And he's saying, listen, it is important that doctrine uh, remain the same. And he's showing him the importance of the Word of God, of preaching, and of doctrine. And he says, these are something that you cannot let go. Listen, doctrine defines what you believe. This morning, what you believe is very important. It's very important. Some people don't think so. They, they kind of hold it as, well, you know, it, it's just what I believe and uh, you don't have to believe the same. And what if I were to ask you uh, this morning, how do you get to heaven? And, and you would say, well, you, you get to heaven by uh, trusting the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Good. Amen. We believe that. That's what the Bible teaches. What if somebody else were to respond and say, well, you you trust the Lord and you have to get baptized? Wait a minute. That's not right. That's not what the Bible teaches. And we would and and some would say, well, but if that's what he believes, oh, that's that's okay. No, 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 wait a minute. If that's truly what it takes to get to heaven, then what we would say, we're not saved. Or if what we believe is salvation, then we're saved and this guy is admixing works to his salvation. Do you understand what I'm saying? So what we believe comes down to a fact of, are we going to spend eternity in heaven? That becomes very important. It is critical what we believe. 
It is something that we need to hold to dogmatically. It is something that is very important. And we have got to, we've been trained in our society in the whole idea of just acceptance and whatever goes and this mentality and that mentality, it's all the same. And you've heard the expression, all roads lead to Rome. Listen, all roads might lead to Rome, but not all roads lead to heaven. You understand what I'm saying? There's an importance that comes with doctrine and it comes down to what we believe and is it important? And the answer is yes, it's important. Now you can go extreme on that. And, uh, and I don't believe that, uh, that, that we need to go so far extreme that, uh, well, if you, um, well, if you wear a tie, then praise the Lord, you must be saved. And if you didn't wear a tie, oh my. No, you won't find that in the Bible. That's not doctrine. And, and so we have to narrow down this idea of doctrine defines what we believe. And it becomes very true that we need to hold to the doctrines of the Word of God. I gave the example of, of some people believe in baptism for uh, salvation. Baptismal regeneration is what they call it. What if somebody said you must pray to Mary and confess your sins to her? Wait a minute. That's not salvation. You don't find that in the scripture. That is, so what I'm saying is, hey, our doctrine of what we believe is very important. And, and he is telling the apostle, uh, or he's telling Timothy rather, he's saying, hey, attend unto doctrine. We need to know what the doctrine is that we believe. Go down to verse, let's continue reading there in verse number 13. Verse number 14, he says, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by the prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine continue in them for in doing this thou shalt save thyself and them that hear thee and so doctrine defines what you believe but then doctrine can protect you he says there in verse number uh, 16 he says take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine continue in them for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee hey listen the doctrine preserves what we believe and it will ultimately save us that's not talking about salvation it's talking about preservation in maintaining the purity of the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ that it will protect our belief system and uh, and listen we need to align what we believe with the word of God and it will help us in the long run. And so doctrine becomes very important. Not only are we to instruct other people, but doctrine is very important. Now I want you to notice this. Go back with me in verse number 1 of the same chapter. He says this, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. I want you to notice this. That doctrine identifies who you are. It's important. 
And we need to understand that. We talked about the importance of it. We talked about the instruction of it. But there is an identification that goes with doctrine. Tonight we're in the book of Revelation. We'll be going through, uh, again, chapter 2, another message to the church. And in the message to the church, he addresses two things that were problematic. One, and he says this in the book of Revelation, the doctrine of Balaam. And we'll talk about that a little bit more tonight. And then he says the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. What is that? Those are names that are associated with a group of beliefs that are important. And so a label becomes very important to what we believe and it identifies who we are. And, uh, and that's important. Listen, Baptist doctrine. I identify with Baptist doctrine because Baptist doctrine identifies with Bible doctrine. There are those I've run into on multiple occasions who are against uh, the name Baptist. Matter of fact, it's not uncommon today uh, for churches to remove Baptists off their name, and it bothers me. And you know what I found, honestly? Mostly, it's Baptists that are upset with Baptists. It's not other people. And so you know what? Hey, if you don't want it on your side, take it off. I'd rather you not bear the name than, than, than continue... But listen, we're not doing that. Why? Because I'm Baptist. And I believe the Baptist doctrine falls in line with the Word of God. Uh, and they do that because they don't want labels. They don't want to be labeled this. They don't want to be labeled that. Can I give you an illustration? When I was a teenager, we had an activity at our church. They called it the, I think it was called the hobo hike. And it was all about uh, the hobos and, and jumping trains. And, and I don't know why it's odd that we would have that. I don't even know why we had it. But I, I remember this, that we had the hobo hike and everyone was instructed to bring a can of soup. Well, that was a piece of cake. Everyone could bring a can of soup. But then we were instructed to tear the label off before we got there. And so now we have all these cans of soup and nobody knew what they were. And they were going to open them all up and dump them all in one big pot and heat them up and eat them. And that was our dinner for the night. And so we did. And as a teenager and as an adventurous teenager, uh, man, I got myself a bowl of that soup and I started eating away. And this felt like chicken and this felt like beef and this felt like uh, I'm pretty sure somebody snuck some, I don't know if it's caviar or seafood or something because it didn't chomp like chicken or beef and it kind of slid down and it was just wrong. But we have no idea what it was because all of the labels had been removed and it was nothing but a bunch of cans and we believe they were at least all soup. Maybe some of them weren't. The honest truth is we don't really know what it was because there was no label that told us. I drive around town, as you do, and all the time, and I look at, at signs, and I look at churches all the time, and I think to myself, okay, but what is it? It doesn't define what it is. And when you have a sign that bears a label, Anchor Baptist church. You pretty much know what you're going to believe. You can go around the country and you can stop in many Baptist churches. Now there's all different flavors of Baptist churches. They are not all created equally. I'll tell you that. But you know generally they're going to believe the same doctrine as us. Some of them may have different practices, but the doctrine, by and large, is going to maintain the same. Why? Because doctrine identifies 
who you are. I'll never forget this, uh, this, um, this testimony that my roommate in Bible college gave me. Uh, when he came to college, he came to college, he did not belong to a Baptist church. He went to a, a just, a, I think it was a Bible church. I don't know what it was exactly. And, and, uh, and through the course of time, while he was at Bible college, the church decided, hey, we need to put Baptist on our sign. And so they did. They changed the name of the church and put Baptist church on their sign. And, uh, and after a year or two of that, he told me this as a personal testimony. He said, you know what I noticed is different about our church? I said, no. He said, we don't have to run people off anymore. He said, before we had, when we didn't have Baptist on our name, he said, there were all kinds of people trying to come into our church and pull us in every direction. Some believed in tongues. Some believed in being healed in the spirit. Some believed in this. Some believed in those things. And, and they were constantly trying to pull our church in this direction and that direction. He said, once we put Baptist back on, uh, or not back because they never were. He said, once we added Baptist, to the church name and to the sign, he said all those people went away. Why? Because doctrine defines who you are. And they knew when they walked into a Baptist church, there was no chance of converting that to a charismatic church or converting that to a, uh, some other kind of church because doctrine and labels help define who you are. And so we find identification. Uh, and listen, I don't want to be identified as the doctrine of devils. I don't want to be identified as the doctrine of Pharisees or Sadducees or the doctrine of the Nicolaitans or the doctrine of, the, uh, of, the, uh, of Balaam uh, or other doctrines that are labeled throughout the Bible. Listen, I want to be identified as doctrine that holds to the Word of God. And we need to separate from false doctrines. Go with me to 1 Timothy chapter number 6. Just one, uh, same, same book there, couple chapters over. Verse number one, and, and really quickly, I, we have to touch on this. Look with me what it says, because this is where doctrine separates what we believe. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter number six, let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. Let me just mention this in verse number one. He's saying that honoring your boss is going to help the name of God to not be blasphemed and your doctrine to be pure. You know what that tells me? That your doctrine ought to affect the way that you live your life. He's talking about bosses and servants. He's talking about, we're not talking about a, a church setting, he's just talking about a working environment at the place that you work that you would have a good testimony before your boss because it brings a good name upon Jesus Christ and it brings a good name upon the doctrine that you believe. That's important. So he says that. Go on to verse number two. And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather let them serve, uh, let them rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved, partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. He said, whether you have a lost boss or a saved boss, you do good in your job and honor your boss. Going on to verse number three. If any man teach otherwise, 
and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrines which is according to godliness. He is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railing, evil surmising, perverse disputing of men, of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. And he says this in verse number 5, From such withdraw thyself, but godliness with contentment is great gain. We've noticed, and I've not pointed it out in every verse, but there's been several verses that talk about doctrine and about the, the, the gain. There are a lot and a lot of people out there who will teach you that, uh, listen, uh, the, the whole idea is that if God is blessing you, then, then you'll become financially rich. And, and what they want is you to give them money. And, uh, and they want to take your money. And, and it's, a, it's kind of uh, the idea of, of this idea of gain. And so he, he goes against it for, for uh, several verses in dealing with doctrine. But what I want you to notice here in verse number, um, verse number 5, at the very end, he labels who they are. He tells them that in verse 4, they're proud. They're, they're, they're doting about with questions and stripes and words. Listen, there, there's lots of people like that. Go down to verse number 5. A perverse disputings of men, corrupt mind, destitute of truth, supposing that gain is godliness. And he says this, from such withdraw thyself. And listen, doctrine, and that would be teaching of the word of God, ought to divide and say, hey, listen, we don't believe like that. That doesn't follow with biblical principles. Therefore, we're going to pull out from that. Now, you don't have to be rude. You don't have to be unkind. You don't have to be ugly. He doesn't say that, but he does say, withdraw thyself. That we have got to be careful about doctrine. He says in the end of the book of Romans, chapter number 16 and verse number 17, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them. And what he's saying is, listen, doctrine is very important and it would draw a line that we would say, hey, we might, as a person, we may like you, but it's going to limit our fellowship with you. It's going to limit our involvement with you. You know why our church doesn't get together with the XYZ church downtown and have prayer meetings? Because doctrine is different. That's why. And what we believe identifies who we are. And so we need to be very careful about the importance of doctrine. And, and so, uh, listen, doctrine, we ought to instruct. You need to know doctrine. Why? Because you need to instruct other people. You need to say, hey, this is why we believe this. Hey, this is why we stand on this. This is why we do what we do. It's important because it comes down to actual beliefs and how we live our life. And then, listen, uh, it's our identification. It's who we are. And it identifies us. And people will look at us and say, we used to have this church in Peru. I'll leave all names out of it. But they were a Christian church. And man, you'd see them 
uh, Sunday, boy, they'd pour into there. Man, they looked, I mean, like Christians, if I could say it that way. You know what's funny? It's probably one of the largest churches in Cajamarca in Peru. During the week, you would never see somebody like that at all. And, and, I, and, and I thought, do they really believe it? Or is that a Sunday only kind of thing? And I'm not saying that you, you have to wear a shirt and a tie every day of the week. You know me. That's not what I'm saying by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm saying this, that what we believe ought to affect how we live our life. And the actions and the things that we do. Because how many times was it mentioned throughout there? Godliness, godliness, godliness. Our doctrine ought to instill godliness in our life. Doctrine identifies who you are. Doctrine is important. Doctrine is to be instructed and given to each and every person as we continue uh, to, to teach the next generation, the next generation, the next generation. It's important. As we stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, maybe this morning you're here and you've never been saved, you've never been born again. Listen, Jesus Christ died. Here's the, what the Bible teaches. Jesus Christ died on the cross to save you from your sins. He loves you. He cares about you. He gave his life so that you wouldn't have to pay for your own penalty of sin. Listen, he wants you to acknowledge your sin. You won't be saved if you don't realize you're a sinner. There's no need to be saved. You have to realize that you do have sin. You have to, the Bible says, repent, and that is be sorry for that sin. Say, man, I, I don't want to continue in that path and, and trust the Lord, and He will help you clean up your life and change your life. Maybe you've never done that. That's what we believe. That's a doctrine that we believe. That's what we adhere to uh, from the word of God and salvation. It's not being baptized. You can be baptized a hundred times. It's not going to save you. You can attend church a thousand times. It's not going to save you. You can give a billion dollars in the offering. That's not going to save you. Because the Bible's clear. It's not good works. But it's our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and him alone. There's no other way for salvation. Maybe you need to do that this morning. I encourage you, put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. Father, I thank you for each and every person that's here. God, I thank you for your word. God, how important that we know it, that we learn from it, that we read it, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. God, that we would teach your word. God, I pray that you'd speak to hearts as only you can. Help us to know the importance of doctrine. Help us to know the identity and how our doctrine defines and identifies us. God, I pray that you would help us to instruct and give to other people the doctrine that we've learned. I pray that you'd speak to hearts as only you can. Father, we ask all of these things in Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed as the piano begins to play, maybe God's spoken to your heart. Whatever the need, maybe you just want to pray and ask God for help, for strength, for wisdom.
Maybe you say, well, pastor, I really didn't understand how important doctrine is. Well, it's important. I hope that you see that from the Word of God, not from me, from the Bible. God puts a lot of emphasis on that. Whatever the need, the altar's open.